Thank you for joining Renovate Life, Church of God's broadcast. Today we introduce Pastor James Dennell in part one of his series. That is caught on fire. You're going to notice that right off the bat because that is unique. That is unusual. There's something going on there. Most people are probably going to run, grab a bucket of water, maybe if you got a fire extinguisher to put it out. But when you hear somebody speaking out of that bush and the bush is not consumed, because let's be honest, the moment that something catches on fire, it begins to wither. But I want you to understand that this bush looked just like the bush before it caught on fire. And listen, God began to talk to Moses. And he began to tell him things that were bigger than him. He began to tell him things that Moses could not do on his own. <coughs> you have to bear with me this morning. I didn't even have a voice yesterday. God's given me a little bit of one today, Steve. He didn't have the capability to think like God thought. But God begins to download into him what is going to be applied to his life in this dream that God had, this vision that God had, this thing that he began to speak to Moses was bigger than Moses could pull off. And I want you to understand that, listen, God's not going to give you something that you can click your fingers and it be over. God's going to give you great big things because he's a great big God. And he wants people to know that it's him working through you. If it's something little, it probably isn't God. But Moses stands before this bush. Let's take us, for example. We stand before this bush in our backyard burning. And God begins to tell us things. And he says, you go to the United Nations and you tell them what I told you. That is what happened to Moses. He said, you go to the king of Egypt. Listen, Egypt was the people of the day. They had the largest military. They were the the country that everybody wanted to be and God sends Moses and he tells him there's some things that you have to understand and there's some things that you're going to do Moses you're not going to understand everything but Moses you've had a burning bush experience can you give God an amen this morning God speaks to us in ways that are not common to us because he wants us to communicate with him. And listen, the only reason that he has to speak to us in ways that are uncommon is because the common ways we just seem to brush off. Amen? Listen, he may have talked to Moses through prayer 12 times, but Moses wouldn't hear. But listen, when a bush is on fire, you're going to say, Oh, what's up? Don't tell me you're not. I can tell you right now, if I'm in my backyard mowing my grass... And I see a bush on fire, and it does not become consumed. I'm going to go over there to check it out. And you can all sit there this morning. Listen, I ain't got a voice, but I'll preach out what's left of it. You can all sit there this morning, act like this is common. But I'm telling you today that God's got uncommon things for a common people. Amen? Okay, maybe you'll get with me here. So God gives something that's uncommon to a man that is common. And the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and beheld the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Verse 3, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. 
I want to jump on down to verse 9 and verse 10. Listen to what it says. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. This is God talking. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians have oppressed them. Do you feel oppressed today? Do you feel beat down? Do you feel weary in your mind? Do you feel like you can't get a grip? Come on with me today, church, because I've talked to you in my office. And I know that God wants to deal with you. He's trying to talk to you. He's trying to reach out to a people. Listen, a common people. Listen and get uncommon results. And so God, you may feel down. You may feel depressed. You may feel beaten. But I'm telling you today that God still shows up in burning bush experiences. He still shows up in the midst of your life when you feel like that he's abandoned you. Come on with me today. <coughs> verse 10. He says the Egyptians oppressed them in verse 9. In verse 10 he says, come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. That's where the journey begins. That thou mayest bring forth my people out, or my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Oh, church today. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 11. 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I? I want to talk to you today about the am and who I am. I want you to say, what is the am and who I am? Talking about yourself this morning. Go ahead and say it. Who am I? Who am I today? Verse 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? This kind of statement is common all throughout the Bible, church. I want you to understand that anybody that God called out, anybody that became mighty in the Bible, they had an experience where they asked God, who am I? The mighty are being called out today. Who am I? If you don't know who you are, guess what? You're going to hear who you are today. Who am I? What will I do? Where will I go? How's this going to work out? God, I, I, I trust you, but I don't know who I am. you got to find out who you are before God can move in your life. Are you hearing me? You can stay aggravated. You can stay messed up. You can stay broke down. You can stay weary of mind. Or you can say, I am who God created me to be, and I'm going to move forward with God. I'm not stepping backwards because the moment you take a step backwards, you give a foothold to Satan on your life. And I'm telling you today that God didn't mean for you to let Satan control your life. And so what we find is it was a massive, intense assignment that God gave Moses. And Moses questions God. He's on the backside of a desert. Think about it. He's on the backside of a desert because he'd killed a man in Egypt, buried him in the sand because he had destiny in his belly. He goes to the backside of a desert. He's unemployed. And he begins to work for his father-in-law. Oh, snap. That's the worst place to be. My father-in-law has went on to be with the Lord, but I can tell you right now, as much as I loved him, I don't want to work for him. Takes all your integrity away. And so there Moses stands. And God comes along in a time that Moses has no moves left. And God begins to speak to him. 
And he says, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses asked God, who am I? Because he knew he lacked her credentials. He knew he didn't have the intelligence. He knew he wasn't smart enough. He knew he didn't have enough knowledge. He knew that, listen, he didn't have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or whatever kind of degree that, listen, they said that he needed, but he knew that God was calling him. And so he asked God a specific question because Moses became specific because God was specific. When God is specific in your life, you will get specific or you may not get what you want. Amen? She's going to go ahead and button the old tie. So is that okay with y'all? So Moses' first response is, who am I? Because he began to wrestle with the anxiety of what God was calling him to do. Have you ever wrestled with the anxiety of what God's calling you to do? Have you ever wrestled with that occurrence in your life and you t- set God's moving you up and you're standing right there? Moses didn't want to move because Moses is saying, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I don't have the right credentials. Come on with me. I don't know, God, if I can speak out in front of people. I, you know, I've got all these issues. I've got all these problems, Lord. Why would you choose me? Why? Why? It's a little understanding that we get that the God that created everything could call us out. No way. But I want you to understand that when God called Moses, he didn't call him to be common. He called Moses that he, to do something that he felt Moses could do. It didn't matter if Moses was qualified or Moses wasn't qualified. Because listen, God knew him intimately. God knows you intimately. The very hair on your head are numbered, and if you don't have any hair, it's easy for the Lord. But I want you to understand that He knows. The very hair on your head are numbered. He knows you inside and outside. You know why? Because the very day that He grabbed Adam out of the earth and He breathed the breath of life in him, man became a living soul. Why? Because God knew that down the line He would have to call mighty people out. Listen, and mighty people would say, I'm not good good enough who am I am I broken am I messed up and listen God would be able to say I know you I know every thought that you're going to have I know every issue that you're going to go through I know you Moses are you hearing me today maybe God wants us to speak to someone on the job maybe we need to speak to our family member that's not saved and we say oh Lord People come in and tell me this stuff all the time. Well, Lord, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. I, I can't get a hold on that, Lord. But I want you to understand that God knew before he called you to go have tea with your Aunt May what he was going to do. He called you to do that. It's almost as if he commanded us to do that. And we can fight it. We can mess it up. We can say we're not doing it. But God's going to call somebody else. Because he meant for us to do it. God, I'm not qualified. I'm not a, this is what I hear a lot. I'm not a Bible scholar. Do you think God needs a Bible scholar to get somebody saved? God spoke to you. He was doing it because he knew everything about you. He's not worried about whether you're able. He's not worried about your credentials. He's commanding us, church. It's a commandment. 
Go into all the world. You understand? Maybe God has had a ministry that he's put inside of you years ago. And you're afraid to stand up. You're afraid to declare. You're afraid to say, yes, Lord, I'll go. Because you have and wrestle with the question of who I am. Well, maybe I'm a sinner. Well, then be a sinner saved by grace. Because for any answer you have, God has a response to your need. Will you be obedient today? This is your assignment, Moses. It's it's important that we understand that we have an assignment as God's people individually. Corporately, we have an assignment as a church. But individually, you have an assignment on your jobs. You have an assignment with your family. You have an assignment at the grocery store. When you bump into someone, your assignment is not to say, Who am I? Whoa, don't talk to me. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. John 3.16, because I learned that when I was a little kid. It's not your job. Your job is supposed to talk about the Jesus that you come and encounter with. Your testimony will be good enough. Because people will know where you came from. People will know what happened to you. Your testimony will be good enough. But if you're going to testify, you better look like someone that's ready to testify. Who am I? What's significant here is God's revelation of who Moses is. See, it's important that we understand that God really doesn't ignore Moses' question, but God does not answer it the way Moses thinks that it needs answered. He answers it in a total different way. I'm going to give you an example. Exodus 3.12. And he said, certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth thy people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Certainly, he says... I will be with thee. So Moses says, who am I? God acts like he totally doesn't hear him. And he says, certainly, Moses, I'll be with you. When the waters pass over you, I'll be with you. When you, when, listen, when the flame is kindled against you, you will not be burnt. Why? Because I am with you. And I, what I want you to understand today is in the midst of our degradation, in the midst of our filth, in the midst of our sin, God wants to be with you. That's what he's here for. He, listen, that's what he brought you to this earth for. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter the situation, occurrence, or issue, or problem that you're going through. God God wants to be with you. I think we need to declare today, God, you want to be with me? He wants to be with you. And what I want you to understand is more than anything in this world, God wants to be with you. But this has become a problem in the church today. Because, listen, we have a society that studies, you know, I study a lot of statistics and people that write statistics and people that do studies and I try to zoom in on our culture because that's what they do. And if you can zoom in on statistics and studies, you get an understanding of things. This is what one particular study on Barnapol said. The younger generation today is more about social justice, clothing the naked and feeding the hungry. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. 
But somehow or another, that has become our relationship with God, church. And I'm just going to be flat out honest with you today. At the sake of maybe you not coming back, you can clothe every naked hind end on earth, but that does not get you to heaven. You can feed every hungry person in humanity, but that does not get you to heaven. You can house every homeless person. That does not get you to heaven. What you have to understand is the God of this world and the cosmos wants to be with his people oh my goodness that is not who you are well yes I'm a good person I'm just going to let me hit you with another one you should want to do this stuff if you're a Christian it's not something that's well jumps off the charts at us that's not who we are in God My identity is not wrapped up in the fact that I preach. About two years ago, I just come to this church, and I thought that I was the best that I would ever be. I was a pastor now. Whoo, I'd been wanting to do that for years. And I made it. I finally made it. I finally I stepped into my call. I was able to pastor about 35 people. I wasn't even close to the vision that God gave me. But I had made it, man. One day I was in the church and I was walking through my office. And God said, you're not just a preacher. And I'm like, what? What do you mean, Lord? I got 35 people in my church. We started with things are growing, right? You know, it makes it worse with a bad voice when I say stuff like that. (laughs) Things are moving forward. I've made it. I've arrived. You preaching doesn't matter. And I begin to think, well, maybe that's true. What happens if I get sick and I can't preach? What happens if I lose my voice and I can never talk again? Oh, my goodness, you guys would be in trouble. (laughs) Buddy, I'm telling you what, we would have a Scantron machine all the way across here, and I'd be typing everything out. But what would happen if I couldn't preach anymore? And I had to realize, I had to come to grips with the fact that that doesn't define me. Because whether I can talk or whether I can preach or whether I can do those things, that doesn't define who I am. What defines who I am, are you ready for this, is that the creator of all humanity, the creator of this world, wants to be with me. He wants to be with you. He created you. You know why? So you could worship. You know why? So you could send the aroma to heaven. When you're worshiped, the Bible says it's a sweet fragrance. And it's a beautiful aroma to the Lord. Listen, it's not so you can stand there with your hands folded down because your husband got mad at you before you got to church. It's not so you can stand there with your hands all limp because your wife's mad at you or you didn't pay the bills or you don't have gas money to get to church, but you come anyway. You are someone the Lord wants to be with are you hearing me today you think well in the church I'm a teacher I'm a preacher I'm a worship leader I'm an elder in the church I'm a council member in the church I I sing in the church I'm a greeter I'm on the I'm on the praise team I play an instrument you may think that you're all those things and it defines you but I want you to understand none of those things define the who I am just part of who God made you to be. I want to be with you, he says. I find my identity 
and the fact that the creator of the universe wants to be with me. Listen to what Hebrews 13.5 says. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's good stuff. I don't care who you are. Matthew 28, 20, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. And then he says this, amen. Well, I know that you guys don't really care about amen because we say it all the time. But what he's saying is, let it be so. That's what it means in the original translation. What he's saying is, lo, I'll be with you all through the end of the world and let it be so. It's a commandment. It's a biblical understanding. Listen, the statesman prophet says in Isaiah 49, 15 and 16, he says, can a, can a woman forget her sucking child that she can have compassion on the son of her womb? She said, yes, I can forget. But behold, I have engraven you on the palm of my hand and you are continually before me. Everything that you do is continually before the Lord. And I say this all the time, but we're going to hit it again. I want you to understand there are two understandings of the word cut in the Bible. There is the surgical cut and then there is the hack or the drawing down with a knife I want you to understand that the Bible did not say that he surgically cut a, an incision on the palm of his hand no it says to hack it means to have a deep cut with uneven edges when that heals listen a surgical incision can go away over time but the hack creates a scar what he is saying is I see you in the midst of your trouble and I look at you because I have created the scar and I see you because I know where you at because I am your God. If we could just get a hold of these simple biblical principles. Isaiah 43 1 says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I am redeemed thee. I have called thee by name, and thou art mine. Listen, when thou passest through the waters, oh, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they will shall not overflow me. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burnt. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I give Egypt for ransom, and Ethiopia and Sebri for thee. What he's saying is all the big places of the time, I give it all up for you. Because that's who I am in the Lord. I've got to move quickly. I'm somebody the creator of all this world wants to be with. Romans 8, 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's who you are, church. You're adopted. You're grafted in. You're a child of the king. I, listen, I, it does not matter what's going on in your mind. What matters is that you equip your mind for service. Because the Bible states that Satan solely wars against the mind. If you allow him into the mind, if you allow him to affect the way you think, if you allow him to affect the way you feel, well, I know we don't talk about that stuff. That's called some psychology. God had psychology down way before people in this world ever thought about psychology. Why do you think he said Satan wars against the mind? Hear me. Until you understand that God just wants to be with you. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have lefts and rights. 
God wants us to stay as his people on an even plane. Listen, he don't expect us to get caught up in the psychological issues of the day. Listen, you understand that you can read so much trash in your life that, listen, it's 24-7 bad, and you're going to get a feeling that life is bad, life is broken, life is messed up. You don't live a life like that because the Bible says that you have been pulled out and set apart. You are different because you know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You don't have to stay stuck in that. Now listen. If you base your relationship with God on that, you're going to be messed up all the time. But if you base your relationship with God on the fact that he just wants to be with you, then you go and be with him. The Bible talks about like the husband is intimate with the wife. That's what God's talking about. Intimacy between you and God. Relationship between you and God. A lot of people stop the process of what God has for them because they stop listening to what God has to say. And the moment that you stop listening, the plan of God for your life halts. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not the plan of God for your life, but there are very few Christians that have understood the plan of God for their life and continue to move forward in it. Why? Because they don't understand the who I am. Right? Or the am and who I am. I am somebody God wants to be with. Now, now just follow me here for a minute. 1 Peter 5 and 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. The principles that you three, see through all, throughout all the Bible is a revelation in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that God wants to be with all of humanity. But I want you to understand when the New Testament comes, he begins to reveal to us quicker who he is. Because he dies on the cross, we get to see that. Are you understanding me? He is whipped, he is beaten, we get to see all that. All of this other stuff in the, in the Old Testament is history. The Bible says it this way, what was written a four times was written for our learning that we through the patience of scripture might have hope so your disability or your weakness does not disqualify you with God it is that you have gained revelation of who he is you have gained are you hearing me the knowledge the Bible says in the last days that truth will fail them and knowledge will be far from them I want you to understand that what he is saying is I'm revealing my truth to them. I'm talking about true truth. There's people that call truth truth. But the only thing that is true is the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah, that's the book for me. Come on. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, broken, weak, and weary.